Born on a mountaintop in Tennessee Green estate in the land of the free Raised in the woods so he knew every tree Killed him a bar when he was only three Davy, Davy Crockett ways threaten Herbie's firehouse home. He's your uncle? Yes, that's why I happen to know Uncle Alonzo has a heart attack. For Helen Hayes as Grandma Steinmetz, Herbie goes out of his way as a companion and protector. And then your shortcuts, Herbie? Where is she now? She's driving like a madman. Then Herbie comes through with some tricks of his own. Oh, Herbie, behave yourself. You knock my glasses off. And how Herbie the love bug gets into so much trouble is fun to see. Go, go, go! I get out! Will you be going out for a while, Mr. Hawk? Three minutes to go, Steinmetz, before I grind this dump to powder. Mr. He must have gone for help. Come along as Herbie and friends ride again. Whether by land or by sea. It's fun and surprises all the way. Walt Disney Productions' Herbie the Love Bug rides again. Herbie! Welcome everyone to Sequel Week. Of Be Kind Rewind. This is your Disney Plus movie podcast. I, of course, am Dan Teets. And joining us... Kyra Hawkins. She did it. And we are here to talk sequels. Which, 
I'm going to go ahead and stop right before we even get into the movie. I thought Walt Disney said there was not to be any sequels, but now that he's no longer with us, is that why the sequel train got started? That's an interesting thought. Um, I wonder um, if he knew that they mostly wouldn't meet the glory of their predecessors because um, some of them don't. (laughs) Are we talking about any particular movie that we may be discussing tonight? I guess you'll have to listen to the rest of the episode to find out. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) Well, tonight, tonight, this morning, this afternoon, your overnight listening pleasure... The movie that we are talking about is the June 6, 1974 release, Herbie Rides Again. This movie actually did $38.3 million in box office revenue originally, which comes out to $230 million in today's fund. That's pretty big. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're talking close to Iron Man 1 movie numbers, maybe? I don't know, let me let me pull that up. While I'm, because this is curious to me. Um, people, I guess, love a cute um, VW Beetle with a personality. <laughs> um, unfortunately, I think that Herbie like had the best personality in this whole movie, and he didn't even get to talk. But if he would have talked, then that would have been Bumblebee, which would have not have been a Disney. Movie. Yeah, it's. I mean, I like that Herbie doesn't talk because I like like the creativity that it takes. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, how can you make a sentient being, like, expressive when it has no eyes and no voice and no eyebrows to, like, make facial expressions? Yeah. Well, he has fenders. Do they do anything, though? Mm-hmm. I mean, so getting a little ahead, I wonder if they made this movie today, if they would put, like, those VW Beetle, like, eyelashes like you see or something. Oh, my goodness. Magnetic eyebrows that they can move around for him. I don't know. I'm just listen. I'm just trying to make this movie more more entertaining. Okay. Well, hey, <laughs> I I'm not disagreeing with you. I was not. I didn't even remember that there was a second. Well, I. All right. Let me rewind. <laughs> I somehow remember a sequel being made, obviously, since I wasn't born until two years after this one. So, obviously, the sequel was made, but it it slipped off my radar. And I want to say that the next two sequels also were nowhere on my radar. And the only, if you want to call it a sequel, that I was aware of was Herbie Fully Loaded, starring Lindsay Lohan. And the best Batman ever. Michael Keaton. Oh. Well, so I haven't seen it, so... Well, we'll get to it in 15 years, so we'll be fine. Uh, I do love Michael Keaton Batman, but I also loved Christian Bale Batman, so I had to... Like, that's the face. That's why I made that face. Like, hmm, which one was it? Because I haven't seen that movie. It was George Clooney. Listen, (laughs) George Clooney is the dreamiest Batman, but I don't know that he was the best Batman. I, I... as a matter of fact, I know he wasn't the best Batman, but I think he was the most handsome. You think he was more handsome than Val Kilmer? Yeah. Or Robert Pattinson? For sure. I just love George Clooney. Okay. You can see how much we want to talk about this movie, ladies and gentlemen. 
do we do we want to just like jump into the ripping because <laughs> that's what it's going to be i think yeah and our synopsis which comes to us care of wikipedia the notorious real estate magnate and demolition baron alonzo p hawk is ready to build his newest office building the 130 story Hawk Plaza in San Francisco. His only obstacle is a 1892 firehouse inhabited by Grandma Steinmetz, widow of its, of its former owner, Fire Captain Steinmetz, and aunt of mechanic Tennessee Steinmetz. Hawk's numerous attempts to, at evicting Miss Steinmetz have been unsuccessful. While the construction workers are growing impatient with Hawk's alleged indecision, Reminding him that the whole thing is costing him $80,000 a day. Therefore, when Hawks' nephew, Willoughby Whitford, comes to visit him, Hawk sends him to Mrs. Steinmetz. Miss Steinmetz takes a liking to Willoughby due to his youthful looks and good manners, in contrast to Hawks' henchmen. She introduces him to Herbie the Lovebug, left in her custody while Tennessee and owner Jim Douglas are traveling abroad, as well as two other sentient machines, an early 20th century orchestrion that plays on its own, an old number 22, a retired cable car. Steinmetz's neighbor, Nicole, punches Willoughby in the face due to his working for Hawk, but then tries to make up to him by offering him a ride in Herbie. Herbie goes berserk after Willoughby insults him twice, eventually taking the two to a car version of a joust tournament, which Herbie wins. Later at a restaurant on Fisherman's Wharf, Nicole surprises Willoughby by telling him all the horrible things Hawk has done, including building a parking garage on the very same lot where Joe DiMaggio and his brothers learned to play baseball. Willoughby is upset about this and accidentally tells her that Hawk is his uncle, which enrages Nicole. She hits him with a boiled lobster in response, sending him splashing into the water below. Having become disillusioned with his uncle, Willoughby decides to sever all his ties with Hawk. He initially tries to go home in disguise, but is, dis but is convinced by Nicole to stay after she hears him criticizing his uncle while talking to his mother on the telephone. Meanwhile, Hawk decides to take it upon himself to drive Miss Steinmetz out, starting with stealing Herbie. Herbie is initially successful. Hawk is initially successful with his hot wiring skills, but while driving him on the street, Hawk insults the car, who retaliates by causing a series of traffic collisions and jams, and ultimately discards Hawk at his own office door. Later, while Hawk is taking Miss Steinmetz to the market, they are chased by Hawk's men, whereupon Herbie makes several daring escapes, culminating in traveling through the 1909 landmark Sheraton Palace Hotel analog of suspension cable on the Golden Gate Bridge, leaving Miss Steinmetz oblivious to his activities throughout. Miss Steinmetz asks Hawk or asks Willoughby and Nicole to pick up some groceries for her and then suggests that they ought to drive to the beach. Willoughby and Nicole enjoy a nice moment at the beach and fall for each other. Hawk's chauffeur, spying on Herbie and the duo, bribe a man to park his trailer on the only road out prompting Herbie to surf through the coastal bay to find an alternate route. 
When they return to the firehouse after dark, every item of furniture has been removed by Hawk. Whereupon, Miss Diamond, Willoughby, Nicole, and Herbie track the theft of, to, where, to Hawks' warehouse. The four break in and recover Steinmetz's belongings, all of which has been loaded into old number 22. Hawks' security guards catch them in the act, while Herbie acts, uh, acts of pushing other things off, which ultimately traps them and allows the trio to escape. On the adventurer's ride home, that sees Herbie and old number 22 pursued by Hawk, Miss Steinmetz meets and becomes enamored with an inebriated old-timer named Judson. The next morning, Miss Steinmetz decides to confront Hawk herself, accompanied by Willoughby in spite of Nicole telling him not to let her do this. Miss Steinmetz drives Herbie onto the window-cleaning machine of his skyscraper to reach Hawk's office, where they overhear Hawks on the phone with Loosegarten, an independent demolition expert, about the deal to develop to demolish the firehouse. In response, she activates the window cleaning machine to fill the office with soap and water. This done, Herbie chases Hawk around the office and outside onto a ledge of the building until Miss Steinmetz calms him down. Disguising his voice to resemble his uncle, Willoughby directs Lutz Garden to demolish Hawk's own house. Later that evening, Luce Garden telephones Hawk to confirm the demolition, waking Hawk from several nightmares, showing himself at the mercy of Herbie. Herc Hawk then gives confirmation, but realizes too late that he has condemned his own residence, and subsequently, subsequently attacks Luce Garden after a portion of his house is collapsed by a wrecking ball. In the morning, Hawk fakes the truce with Miss Dynamics, thanking him to be sincere. Willoughby and Nicole go to dinner, while Miss Steinmetz invites Judson to the house for a date of their own. That evening, her hawk shows up with bulldozers and front loaders to crush the firehouse and its inhabitants, prompting Herbie to go in search of Nicole and Willoughby. In the absence of Herbie, the only means of, this, of defense is an antique fire hose, which Judson uses against the vehicles, until it explodes and sprays all over him. Having obtained Nicole and Willoughby, Herbie rounds up several other VW Beetles from various places in the city, and comes after Hawk and his man as an army and ruins his scheme, taking advantage of Hawk's irrational fear of Herbie. Hawk is pursued from the grounds by Herbie, and after nearly getting knocked down by a police car, Hawk is arrested after telling his bizarre tale of an army of VW Beetles chasing him. Later. Nicole and Willoughby are married and ride Herbie through an arch formed by his newly found D.W. Beetle friends. The end. Yeah. So, first thoughts, Kyra. And uh, we do have as long as you want. So, my first thoughts... Um, do you mean... Okay, so, when I first <laughs> play or just like I finished the movie and this is this is the first thing I thought at the end? Um I'll leave it open to you, What, whatever you want to take it. Okay, well, okay, so my very first thought in, like, the first five minutes, because we get, like, a whole opening montage of demolition, um, just, like, wrecking balls, minus Miley Cyrus, just, like, knocking into buildings. Um, <laughs> oh, my gosh. Listen, it's getting late. 
Um, I've had too much caffeine today, and um, we've got to make this entertaining <laughs> somehow. Anyways, so we opened with, like, all this demolition, and I was just like, why are, like, I? it took me a minute. Like, are we knocking down a whole town? What's going on here? Like, it looked like they knocked down an entire city to make room for this, like, H-shaped building. Um, I didn't like the villain. I didn't particularly care about the heroes. Um, the the only thing I think I really loved about this movie um, was Herbie. And um, I loved that they kept some of the, um, like, really boppy music that we loved from the first mm-hmm. one. Um, because the Love Bug soundtrack was so fun. So... Um, if if it weren't for that music, I don't know if I could have kept going. Yeah, the soundtrack was good. Herbie was awesome. Of course, Herbie is awesome any way that you take him. The fact that he didn't have Tennessee or whoever Dean Jones's character was, and so they had to create... Ken Curtis, a character that starts off wimpy and suddenly turns into a man that has a backbone about halfway through when he finds a love interest. Kind of, eh. The love interest, eh. Tennessee's, was it Aunt? Uh, yes. Yes. Miss, Miss Steinmetz. Steinmetz. Re- regardless of relation to Tennessee... She was good because she was playing zany. She was playing ditzy and over the top. And she knew about Herbie's eccentricities. And she and Herbie got along good. I would have loved to have actually seen a movie set between the first Herbie movie and this one. That was just her and him and their Mm -hmm. hijinks. Yeah, I liked, I mean, I know I said that I only liked Herbie and the music, but Miss Steinmetz was, she was fun. Um, I I couldn't tell if she was, like, eccentric, like Tennessee. I guess he was pretty eccentric, so maybe it's that. But I also kind of thought, you know, she's, like, I, I don't think we ever get her age, but she's an old lady, and she just doesn't care what people think. And, um... I don't know. I liked I liked that about her. She was just kind of, yeah, zany, funny, eccentric, I guess. Well, let's go ahead and start breaking down the movie. Start hitting it with a wrecking ball, because I got a feeling we're both going to be ripping this one to shreds. Like you, I didn't understand the background visuals for the intro music, because I don't ever read up on a movie like you do when you have a content warning. I honestly think there should have been a content warning for Keenan Wynn. So it's funny that you mentioned content warning. There was something I noticed um, much later in the movie. We'll get to it. Um, (laughs) But so I didn't, um, it didn't register that he has been in movies that we've already seen together. Um, (laughs) Like, what what was the first movie that he was Alonzo Hawk? Son of Flubber? Uh, I believe it, was, yeah. it 
it may have been Son of Flubber, or it might have been... Or, like, the predecessor to that one. Not the Nutty Professor. I've already made that mistake. The Absent-Minded Professor. <laughs> well, I Do mean, you... hey, it's 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 the same principle, just a different... Um, I, I think that's right. He was in, like, one or both of those movies, which I have not seen. So this was my first um, introduction to the character Alonzo Hawk. Um... I found him grating yes. and unbearable to watch. Um, like, I know you're not supposed to like the villain, but um, so in The Love Bug, I, I forgot the villain's name, but he was played by the guy who played Mr. Banks. Like, you're not supposed to like him. He's the bad guy. But he was still funny and entertaining. Oh, this, this villain, Alonzo Hawk, was so annoying that I, it was almost unwatchable. Like I, I, everything about him, mostly his voice and how he like kind of yelled everything that he was saying, just, it was, it was too much. Alonzo Hawk was in The Absent-Minded Professor, played by Keenan Wynn. I didn't even realize that was the same guy, but I mean, we're talking 20, well, actually 13 years. So time was not generous to Mr. Wynn, but the... I agree. They they could have picked somebody a little bit better at playing a villain that's not one note. Because this was the same character that he played in Snowball Express. Same character that he played in Shaggy DA, which we will be covering next week. Mm-hmm. And I want to say he was in a couple of other movies that we'll be covering on down the line. Yeah. He's a he's basically a one note villain, unless that's why they picked him because they knew that they were going to get somebody that yelled at everybody, made everybody hate him from minute number one that he was on the screen, and really made you have to root for the heroes. Yeah, I mean, so there are villains that you love to hate, and those are good villains. Mm-hmm. Um, and even if you, like I said, the one that Mr. Banks was playing in the in the original The Love Bug. Mm-hmm. You didn't hate him. You just knew he was the bad guy. He was entertaining. He was funny. He was like an idiot. Um, love to hate him villains are the best. Mm-hmm. I just hated this one. There was no love to hate him. It just I just hate him. Yeah. And like I said, I think we're going to be getting a proper heaping dose of Keenan Wynn in the next few movies, and I want to be proved wrong on that. Oh, I can't wait. <laughs> she says sarcastically. <laughs> Obviously. Smile. Yes. Well, hey, at least we'll have something to talk about in the movies that he is in. So, about how wonderful a bad guy he plays until he turns into a hero in probably his last role. Hmm. That would really be something. Yeah. So, this movie, like the original Love Bug, was set in San Francisco. I would like to know where they were putting Hawk Plaza. Because from what I was seeing, it looked like the the um, firehouse that Hawk was trying to tear down was right on the water. Well, and it's the same firehouse from the first movie. Yeah, uh, which, which I want to say was, if not right on the water, it was close to the water because I think you had to have 
water for a firehouse to put in the fire engines. But because when you because when you saw Hawk pull up the building, and you see the one little firehouse, it was sitting on the right side, and it looked like there was room next to it that didn't look like it existed in the actual location that they picked. So, I mean, we maybe and and she's looking at the movie I'm as we speak. Mm-hmm. I thought, maybe if I can see it, but I can't quite get the timing right, so. So, once again, we had Keenan Wynn chewing on his green cigars. <laughs> I, I seriously, as uh, somebody who used to smoke cigars, don't understand it. What they are smoking seems to be a piece of spinach or kale that has been rolled up. I seriously, I didn't even notice. Well, and that might be based on, like I said, I used to smoke cigars. So it's something that I would notice that somebody who didn't smoke them and still smokes them occasionally wouldn't have. When Willoughby... Once again, great. Is that his first name? Um, yes. Willoughby. 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 What is his last name? I don't think I even have it written down. <laughs> Willoughby Whitford. Yes. I was going to say, you just read it in the synopsis, so we should know. <laughs> yeah. Well, once again, that, that shows how forgettable this movie was. For real. When he first shows up and Hawk's telling him all about Eternity Towers... I want to move there. I mean, that place has so many luxuries that you don't even get today. So, nice way to make somebody want to live in a non-existent (laughs) retirement home when he retires in 60 years. So, when when we first met the Steinmetzes, we met Tennessee. He was living in the firehouse. I don't know how many years after the first movie this one is set, but if Mrs. Steinmetz was married to the fire chief, where was she during the first movie? And why does she live here now? Exactly. Well, actually, I guess that could be explained because um, I guess Tennessee and um, Jim Douglas have gone to Europe. I think that's explained. So I guess you could just like infer that she's just there to take care of the place and babysit Herbie while they're gone. Hmm. And for more on what Jim Douglas and Tennessee are doing, tune in to our future episode of Herbie Goes to Monaco, starring Dean Jones and Don Knotts. Is that for real? Yes. Okay. I, <laughs> after this movie, I thought, I don't know if I want to watch another Love Bug movie because the first one was great. I, I mean... I liked it, and this one I didn't like as much. But if Dean Jones comes back, then I'll get excited about that one. Yeah, I think he comes back for the next two. There's Herbie Goes to Monte Carlo and Herbie Goes Bananas. I think I can get down with those or at least look forward to them, and then we'll see how they are. Um, And, And I know for a fact that Dean Jones is in one of them because it is up on my um. Because you watched this, you should watch this. Oh. <laughs> so. uh, well, that's exciting. Um, I, 
you know, the actor that played Willoughby was fine, you know, handsome, entertaining enough, but like, I don't know. I just, I wonder if it was the writing. I just found it hard to care for much. Well, and I mean, I don't, and once again, I'm, I'm going off of what I'm looking at. I don't know why. Well, obviously, hold on, let me pull it up. And this is all staying in because this shows you how prepared I am for this movie and how much we were excited about this. <laughs> this movie actually has a score of 80% on Rotten Tomatoes. Wow, <laughs> that's shocking. Yes. Um, I would rate it much lower, <laughs> but okie dokie. Um, you know, I didn't care for... So, in The Love Bug, only Herbie is sentient in Herbie rides again. Um, we're going to go ahead and just break down the elephant in the room. There are two more. There's a, uh, a trolley car. Yeah. Oh, uh, number 22. I don't need, like, I, I don't even know what the thing is called in, or, or it's a, I think it's a Wurlitzer. Uh, actually, I don't know if it's a jukebox or a, or a radio. It's, hang on, I just had it. Orchestrion? Kestrian? I don't know that word. Um, anyways, why? They contribute nothing to the plot. Well, okay, I retract that. At some point, the trolley car does, but like, how and why? My question is... <laughs> How many other vehicles and pieces of machinery have personalities like Herbie in number 22? And why isn't that movie made about how Herbie found him? That, that's what I want to watch. Because, like, you know, I'm realizing this in real time as I'm processing these thoughts with you. But, like, the movie's called Herbie Rides Again. Yes. There's not really a lot for Herbie to do. It's all about... The firehouse um, and trying to save the house, mm-hmm. right? I mean, what does Herbie do in this movie? There's he plays chicken, yes, and gets a three dollar cash prize. Mm-hmm. Um, which side note, I couldn't remember that that was called chicken. <laughs> so in my notes, I was like, are they car jousting? Like, what is this? No, they're playing chicken. <laughs> um. But, like, Herbie doesn't really do a whole lot. I mean, we, we learned that Herbie could swim and um, go underwater. But, like, does Herbie ride again? No. I mean, Herbie's... So, in The Love Bug, Herbie is a main character. Mm-hmm. And he is the plot of the entire movie. In Herbie Rides Again, he's a side plot and a supporting character i think that's why this movie's not as good yeah it's not about the car it it needed to be more herbie centric instead of him being a plot device to get steinmetz to the 116th floor of the building and then he rides in and they've been sprayed with foam which was actually foam okay yes that scene was was one of the um, ones that actually made me laugh. 
Um, so I guess I can rip on this movie all night long. <laughs> there were parts that were fine and, and, and even funny, but like overall, meh. Well, I mean, I, I'm with you on the fact, because I actually wrote down, I had no idea that VW Beetles were all-terrain vehicles, including mm-hmm. being able to work in the water. Yeah, he just goes for a swim. And I honestly was expecting for them to have an underwater hybrid scene, kind of a la bed knobs and broomsticks. Mm, I am so glad that didn't happen. Because then Ken Curtis could have sung to Elephantine or Evangeline or... Eglantine? There we go. Thank you. Mm. So, like, <laughs> man, I don't even know. <laughs> like, I, I just don't know what to say about this movie that I haven't already... I mean, I have some notes, but it's like... Eh. Um, so, I mentioned um, <laughs> that they should have had a content warning for something other than... I mean... Yes, it needed an Alonzo Hawk content warning. But so <clears throat> towards, I don't know, I think it's in the third act of the movie. Uh, Hawk is like, for some reason, obsessed with this car. Um, and so he's like, he calls his psychiatrist or whatever therapist because um, he can't sleep. He's having bad dreams or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so he gets him to count sheep and then... As he's sleeping, um, he starts to have nightmares about Herbie. Uh, and there, it's a pretty much blink and you'll miss it. But it's like Herbie styled as what's clearly a Native American with like a headdress and throws axes or something at him and like pretty much scalps him. Like it's not graphic, obviously. It's, um, I don't know how to describe this beyond that. It's like, it's, it's supposed to be funny, but I found it um, offensive. Yeah. Like it's, why wasn't there a content warning for that? Cause that, it just rubbed me the wrong way. It's not okay to do that and make those kind of stereotypical um, yeah. scenes like that. It just, it, it didn't feel right. It didn't look right. Yeah. I was, I was not expecting a, Herbie American, I guess would be the best way to put it. Dancing around, completely autonomous, and then chasing him. But, I mean, that whole dream sequence was creepy. It It was. And the fact that it revolved around somebody that was already creepy and did nothing but yell Mm -hmm. unintelligibly whenever he got angry, it, it it was not a match made in heaven. No. So I'm gonna I'm gonna back up a little bit to one of the parts that really didn't need to be in there because it made you remember what a good movie The Love Bug was, and that was the dream sequence that Herbie had with all the stock footage of all of the good things that The Love Bug actually had. Yeah. And when and when you saw that, I was like, oh, is this gonna be? No, we're just we're putting this in here so you can actually see. What this movie could have been, as Herbie yeah. wrote again. Yeah, it, it really um, made it obvious, like the the contrast between the two. Um, yeah, this this one just completely lacked all of the charm of the first one. Yeah, like I didn't 
here's how much I care about these characters. Um, I don't even remember the girl's name, the woman, like the love interest, who I guess is Mrs. Steinmetz's um, granddaughter? No, she was of no relation. Oh, well, that makes it even... Okay. (laughs) She was just a stewardess that happened to live across the street, baby. (laughs) And then her building got turned down and Steinmetz started putting her up. That's what I understood. Yeah, she like is the neighbor somehow. I some somewhere in there I made a connection that maybe she was her granddaughter, but um Well, I mean if she was her granddaughter then that would actually give her more of a reason to care about her. Yeah. But I mean the fact that it was she was taken in off the street, given a place to stay, and as a result she was basically sticking up for Stein from Old Lady Steinmetz, when she didn't really seem to care. But there was a whole lot of sight gags in this movie that I didn't get. Like, um, Herbie driving through a hotel. Nobody seemed to care. Herbie driving up the Golden Gate Bridge and men following on the wires behind him. Yeah, and then Miss Steinmetz being like, he drove me up across the bridge. It was really nice. Like, it was nothing. I, what? But we did actually find out that Herbie had a fear. He was afraid of being sold to a used car lot. <laughs> and how long do you actually think that this movie was going on? Real time. Like, the span of... Like, start to finish of the movie, like, how much time passed? Yeah, I mean, are we talking a week? Are we talking a couple of months? You know, I would think at least a few weeks. I mean, again, like, I didn't care, but at some point, like, he, the Willow Bee is, like, courting the woman, I, whose name I don't know. Um, like, they're <laughs> dating, so they, there's time for them to kind yeah. of develop a relationship a little bit. Yeah. Because somehow in all that time, Willoughby had pulled off the ability to do a perfect Hawk impression, which ends up with Hawk's house getting torn down because the guy doesn't know the difference between Willoughby and Hawk. Yeah. Well, I mean, to his credit, he did do some pretty impressive, like, boat noises on the phone with Hawk at the beginning of the movie. Yeah. So, um, sure. Okay, Willoughby. <laughs> Those, it was, that scene was annoying. Like, I guess we're going way out of order. I guess that's okay. Um, but like at the beginning where he's like trying to convince Hawk that he's getting on a ship or whatever yeah. and make all these bad noises right into the phone and Hawk just buys it. It must have been those green cigars. Yeah. There was something in those, I guess. So we get down to probably the last, I'd say, 20, 25 minutes of the movie. Willoughby's out for out for dinner with the girl that has no name because mm-hmm. nobody really cares about her or nobody on this podcast cares about her. I'm sure her family cares about her. Her name is Nicole. <laughs> like I said, nobody cares about her name. <laughs> yeah, whatever. So Grandma Steinmetz calls up and says that she's in... No, she doesn't say that she's in trouble. Herbie comes and finds her. They're out at the lobster place, not having lobster, 
because the lobster packs a wallop at the very beginning of the movie, which was another practical effect that honestly didn't have a place except to show that Nicole was could be mean and abusive, and we aren't even going to touch that one, because there's so many things that are wrong with this movie. But once Willoughby and Nicole sees Herbie, they just up and leave. Did they dine and dash, or did they even get to eat? Um, this is the important question of this movie. Okay, so <laughs> it looks like, well, they have water on the table, and um, let's see. I don't think they ever got their food. Okay. I don't see I don't see food on the table. All right, well, then in that case, we'll go ahead and let that um, ride. Yeah, they're all right, I guess. So, when they're going back to the firehouse, suddenly, every beetle in San Francisco becomes sentient. How? I don't know. There's like a whole army of beetles. I mean, that's fun to see that many beetles going down the street, but are we to believe that they just all are? Well, I mean... We do have to consider that Bumblebee was a beetle, and he was sentient. I know it's not. I know it's not Marvel canon yet. Marvel will probably buy up the Michael Bay franchises once we get off the phone, or once we get off this call. You just gave him the idea, so. It can't be any worse than the last Transformers movie. I haven't seen it. I'm assuming I didn't miss much. Well, apparently Michael Bay has plans for 22 Transformers movies. And I think we're on seven. um, That'll give me time to um, break myself of the habit of saying sentient instead of sentience. Because apparently I've been saying it wrong. I think think I've been saying sentient. So it might be a tomato-potato deal. Well, hang on. According to, so I'm not going to like play this audio, but <laughs> apparently, if I'm understanding right, in the UK or the British English, whatever, it is sentient. And then Americans made it sentient. I think we found our outro for this episode. What? The, the audio of that? Yes, we're going to, we're going to play the audio of... <laughs> Whatever YouTube clip I can find that has the pronunciation. So, with all of the aware Beatles, why didn't they come to Herbie's rescue in the love boat when he tried to commit suicide? Or was this something that happened after Grandma Steinmetz moved back into the firehouse and found old 22 and found out that, oh, there are other vehicles and things that have their own Terminator-ness? Terminator-ness? Terminator-ness. <clears throat> Rise I, of the Machines. I feel like, okay, so I think when we talked about the love bug, I was like, you know, usually I would be like, why isn't there an explanation for this? <laughs> but in the love bug, you didn't need it. It just, Herbie just was. Herbie just is. In this one, um, like, I can accept Herbie as being, like, alive or whatever, but for some reason, it's harder to accept all the others. I, I don't know why. I, I, 
maybe it's just because they didn't do a good job of like making us care about any of this. But then I think Herbie loses a little bit of his charm when just any VW Beetle can come to life. Hmm. I could see that. The If I had to pick a favorite non-Herbie Beetle, it would definitely be the Junkyard Zombie Beetle. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was cute how he's kind of hobbling along. And he needs his own spinoff movie too. The Adventures of Hopalong and Herbie. <laughs> TM, TM, TM. So, Herbie rides in, saves the day, quite literally. Hawk gets thrown in prison, I guess. Yeah, who cares? <laughs> yeah. And Willoughby and Nicole ride up to Grandma Steinmetz, and suddenly they're engaged. Was there ever an official proposal given? Oh, we didn't see it. I think there was, like, some kind of, like throwaway line um let's see exactly <laughs> like three minutes before the wedding uh maybe two minutes Please. well that that's perfect timing then they had two minutes to plan the wedding yeah there's like so they capture alonzo hawk for whatever crimes he committed um, crimes against humanity yeah dreaming of indigenous german vehicles there's like something like some little throwaway comments about like Willoughby told Herbie that he wouldn't be invited to the wedding for whatever reason. And then we cut straight to a wedding with like an archway of sentient like, beetles for them to walk through. Um, yeah, they're married. The end. And I hope we never see Willoughby and Nicole again. I don't think we do, but when I'm looking at the sequels to the sequel to the sequel, the Herbie rides again, or Herbie goes to Monte Carlo, Monaco, whatever the European nation is. This says Monte Carlo. It's Don Knotts and Dean Jones. Herbie Goes Bananas is starring Cloris Leachman. Huh. I don't know. But no... No Dean Jones, no no Ken Curtis, no um, Tennessee, no Don Knotts, I don't think. Yeah, it doesn't look like it. Um, so that'll give you something to look forward to. Well, okay, so knowing that, like, this movie didn't have to be made. Like, they could have gone, I mean, I guess they, they could have skipped over this and gone straight to Monte Carlo. Yeah, but then there might have been an issue with money or something like that that made Dean Jones hold out for lack of a better or for a um yeah I don't know well like knowing what I know now I'm looking forward to um Herbie goes to Monte Carlo because this one was kind of a stinker (laughs) yeah it was it was definitely a throwaway sequel to make you remember what you had and wish that you had it like it, it, it just made me want to watch the Love Bug again to like scrub my brain of this experience. Which honestly would not have been a bad thing, because there was no Keenan Wynn in it. Mm-hmm. But then we wouldn't have gotten the junkyard zombie beetle. Oh, they could have worked him in somewhere, I'm sure. Yeah. So I think I know the answers to the three questions. Do you have any? 
other pertinent sentient notes wink <laughs> um no i think i said everything okay oh wait no i did um <laughs> there was a new york times review that i like saw a little snippet of um where mr vincent canby i think that's how you say that wrote there's nothing harmful about herbie rides again it's simply not very good okay and if we, if I would have read that at the beginning of this recording, um, we wouldn't have needed to talk about the movie. That sums up everything I think we've said. It's, it's not harmful. It's fine. It's just not good. Yes, but people needed to hear how much we did not like this movie. <laughs> so I have to ask you before we officially get into the questions: higher or lower? Than the movie that will not be mentioned tonight. Higher. Um, man, I'm like doing like a negative power <laughs> rankings in my mind right now. Because, you know, there's that one and then there's the one about geese. <laughs> um, <laughs> I just love how we're dancing around the titles of the movies that we mentioned in every other episode tonight. Yeah, like if anyone's been listening for a few months, you know exactly what we're talking about. Um, for everyone else, you just have to go back and listen to some old episodes and figure it out. But. Um, Especially no, I, episode 100. Very if, much fun. If you put me... Um, you have to tell me, Kyra. I need an you, answer right now. Yeah, like if, if you said for 24 hours you can only watch one of these three movies. Oh my god. I would not do that to you because I, I don't like, think we would have a podcast anymore. You okay. wouldn't talk to me again. Um, okay, well then let me rephrase it. Uh, <laughs> okay. So if you said this weekend you have to sit in this chair and choose one of these movies and you have to watch it, I would choose Herbie Rides again. But <sighs> it's still bad. It's just not as bad as the others. Okay. Well, we will keep the power ranking going because I'm sure <laughs> we will have other stinkers as we start to go into the late 70s, early 80s. Yeah. I mean, some of the shenanigans... Like, like we said, Herbie is totally a side character and a plot device in this movie instead of in his rightful place as the star of the movie. Mm -hmm. um, but some of the shenanigans that he is involved in are, are good enough to make me choose this over some other movies. Which will not be mentioned tonight. Yeah, for once, we're not going to say the title of them. Because I think I bring it up in every episode. You brought it up this time. True. <laughs> all right well like i said i think i know the answers to the three questions but they must be asked first of all what is the what is today's impact on the movie would mm -hmm. this movie be remade in 2022 i hope not um like i mean certainly they could maybe there would be some like imminent domain type plot i don't know like could they would they i don't know like how would it how would it affect it? I guess you could pretty much do the exact same plot. I can't think of any ways that they would need to change it besides like the obvious like technology type updates. Just Disney, please don't. Just don't. <laughs> yeah, I'm actually surprised that they haven't pulled this one back out for another look with one of their new Disney kids or even Zac Efron. Uh, if you put Zac Efron in this movie, I would watch it no problem. 
Well, wasn't this around the time that the Manson murders were taking place? Speaking of Zac Efron movies? Oh, uh, I don't know. I know what you're talking about, but I haven't seen it. <laughs> I haven't either. But I just... do We need, we should do a whole... Man, I can't wait till we get to High School Musical. <laughs> um, oh, God. We'll be there in 33 years. <laughs> I, I just... Side note, Zac Efron is very handsome, but... I think he's underrated as an actor. Yeah, he's he's definitely he's an actor that if I saw a movie starring him and it was about a well, okay. Total side note: Charlie St. Cloud, great movie, totally underrated. I haven't seen it. And you call yourself a Zachophile. I know. Well, it's just because he's handsome, and I felt weird about it until I realized he's really not. I mean, he's in his mid thirties, so it's not weird. Ish. <laughs> I think it's because like when he first got famous, he was like young and I was like in my mid twenties and I was like, mm, this is gross. I think he's handsome, but he's not that much younger than me. So it's okay. Uh, <laughs> We're all <laughs> Well, hey, you, you could tell how much we have loved this movie by, by the tangents and the sidebars. Cause, cause we started it talking about the, the, most handsome Batman, and we're ending it up yep. talking about Zac Efron. Yeah, put Zac Efron in a Batman movie. DC, get Wait. on it. <laughs> like they're listening to this podcast. We won't even TM that one, just do it. All right, uh, second question. Is this movie mirrored in culture? No. I mean, I guess you could be like, well, yeah, everyone loves the PW Beetle, but they stopped making them again. And they what? Just... They stopped making them again? I think they did. Makes me sad. There there was a hot minute where I actually wanted one. And uh, then I realized that you would have to get German parts, and they are very hard to get. Especially during the place where no one can buy cars. Because there are no cars on the lot. Um, I may be wrong. No, we'll, 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 we'll just go ahead and say that they stopped making Beatles on March the 23rd, 2020. Oh, no, yeah. They, they did discontinue it. Um... Is that the right word? Retire, discontinue? Same like way. either 2019 or 2020. But um, yeah, we're on another tangent. <laughs> oh, tangents galore in this one. My All husband right. actually drove a VW Beetle um, for a year or two. It was before we were married. Um, but it was like his commuter car because he drove, you know, 40-ish miles to work, and so he got a little beetle. It was so cute. But it was funny to see, like, this large man getting in and out of this tiny little car. It's funny to see any large man get out of a tiny car. <laughs> all right. Let, 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 let's, let's focus, or we will be here all night. We only have one more question. Yes, which could take three hours. <laughs> question number three. How does this fit into today's society? Does it? Mm-hmm. Had you heard of this movie prior to me saying this was the next movie to watch? Um, maybe if I dug really deep, I could say yes. But um, really, I had only known about the Love Bug and um, Herbie Fully Loaded, which will be covered in a future episode. Yep. And all of the Michael Keaton and Michael Keaton and <laughs> Keaton goodness. <laughs> it's late. Words hard. <laughs> Well, we're going to go ahead and put this little love bug to bed. 
For those of you who have stuck around for the entire podcast, we want to thank you for listening. For all of our new listeners, thank you for listening. Drop us a review on iTunes or wherever you are um, listening to us. Drop us some feedback. Tell us how you found out about us. You can get us at BeKindRewindDMP at gmail.com. Tell us if we're wrong. Tell us how this movie is better or worse than the first one. Or better or worse than um, the worst movie Disney ever made. Which you'll have to go back to episode 100 to find out what we had decided that that would be. Um, As always, we give you homework. Not all movies are quite as bad as this one, but this next one is another forgettable movie. It is the Shaggy DA starring Dean Jones. So that is your homework for next week. And until we talk again, stay hungry. Stay safe and watch out for sentient BW Beatles. Bye, everybody. Thank you for listening. You can send us feedback at BeKindRewindDMP at gmail.com. We welcome any kind of feedback, and it might get read on the air in a future podcast. Once again, the email address is BeKindRewindDMP at gmail.com. If you have a moment, please rate and review our podcast on whatever streaming service you are listening to us on. This and word of mouth are the two ways to help us reach a larger audience. Thank you in advance for doing this. Thank you again for listening, and we hope you have a great day. Goodbye. We are looking at how to pronounce this word, both in British English and American English, as the two pronunciations differ slightly, or quite a bit actually. How do you go about pronouncing it? In British English, this word is normally pronounced as sentient. You do want to stress on the first syllable in both cases. British English, sentient. In American English, however, this is usually said as sentient. Sentient. Sentient in American English versus sentient in British English.